Trigger warning, Death and Friends is not a podcast for the light of heart. Many dark and serious subjects will come up. Listener discretion is advised. Let me in. Hi, Nash. What are you doing at Angel's door? Uh, have you seen Angel? He's not answering his door, and there's, like, newspapers, like, covering the glass. Oh, um, you need a password for the voice recognition software. When did we get that installed? When the fuck did we get voice-activated passwords? Oh, shoot. What is the password again? Well, knowing Angel, it's, like, super childish. And probably... If we're being honest here, hurtful. Oh, that's that's what it is. Nash is if an old CD rack wished to be a real boy. Yeah, that's, of course that's it. Of course it is. Finally, Angel. Ah. Oh, that doesn't, you you okay? You good? (coughs) I I slipped on a, a banana peel. The fuck? Correct. Why does it smell like fruits and fruit in here? I'm farming a colony of fruit flies. Why? Why? Je- Jesus Christ, there's yarn everywhere. It's all connected, Nash. I thought if I farmed the flies, maybe I could stop them, figure out some chemical warfare or some crap, but, but it wouldn't be enough. Stop who? Jesus, I think I pulled something. I mean... <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> There's like a metric ton of newspaper clippings in here. Why Why is that TV on with just static? So they can't hear me, Nash. It's better than wearing an aluminum foil hat. Then why are you wearing an aluminum foil hat? Quiet, you. Oh my god, it's just, it's all, it's all connected. The lack of social, economic development, poor education, the rise of organized crime, most colonialism, it's, it's all connected by one fucking thing. Yeah, it's, it's... yes, we know, Angel. It's racism. No, we know, Angel. It's, yeah, no shit. Ha ha ha. That's only one part. It's so much worse. You don't even know. Oh, God. Okay. I think, I think you're deep in the rabbit hole. You think I lost my head? I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I'm just saying, you look, smell, like you haven't showered in a week. It's been two weeks. And you look sleep-deprived. I'm running on cold brew and old Lunchables. You're dressed like Paul Dano in the new Twilight movie. It was the new Batman, and you know that. Was it? Was there a difference? Anyway, whatever, whatever. You're not in a good place. I mean, at this point, I'm just waiting for you to tell me that the world's problems are caused by lizards, flat earth, insert racist conspiracy theory here. It's not any of those things. Oh, I know. It's so much worse than that. Huh? I'm so sorry. I didn't know. No one knew. Angel, why are you crying? You're freaking me out. Melody, call call Jake. I'm on it. Hang in there, her angel. Stop it. With the German, it adds a level of creepiness that the situation does not warrant. On a dish, finish a line. On a dish, it's Okay. Uh, Melody, just <laughs> tell Jake it's an eight eggplant problem. I, I fucking wish it was eggplants. It's so much worse than that. Okay, this is getting really dark. Look, Angel, calm down, please. Okay. This shit is bananas. Exactly, Nash. That's exactly right. What? What? It's bananas. B A N. A-N-A-S. Oh. 
Skeleton Army, it's Angel, and this is Nash. Thank you for taking that shower. Yeah, of course, but of course. And cleaning your office. Not by choice, but you know what? No problem. And getting the help you needed. <laughs> You're telling me. <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> okay, uh, whatever. Now that the shenanigans are over, let's, uh, let's do the episode, shall we? Let's do that. Will do. Today's episode is quite the doozy. Yes, today we're talking about... Oh no. The Banana Massacre. Actually, one of many Banana Massacres to take place throughout the 20th century. You're about to find out the very sad truth about bananas. It's a bummer. Right? So if you would please, paint the picture. Bananas. You're going to hear that word a hell of a lot more in this episode. Start by mentally preparing for that. Here we go. Bananas. The magical fruit that does not directly... Cause gas. It's a beloved staple of many homes, specifically American homes. Now, if you're one of those folks that are like, oh, ew, uh, bananas are gross because texture and flavor and ew, it's stick shaped, ew. Your body's actually correct for not liking bananas. More on that later. It's the late 1800s. Bridget Cleary is currently dealing with the worst husband ever. The city of Chicago is rebuilding from that teeny weeny fire they had, and Lizzie Borden is on trial for a murder she didn't do. Okay, she didn't do. She's uh-huh. an innocent angel. Yeah, sure she is. Season 1, episodes 12 and 13. Big of true. At this time, a young entrepreneur by the name of Minor Cooper Keith. Is that his name? Yep, that's his name. White guy three names. White guy three names. They think they're cool, they're not. They die in vain as a big tool he rots. Unless they are actually good, then please send them love if you would. But chances are they fuck shit up for minorities or were serial killers like John Wayne Gacy. Minor Cooper Keith. And not like minor, like in the mining tunnels. As in minor, as in a small child, spelled M-I-N-O-R. His uncle, Henry Meigs, brokers a deal with the government of Costa Rica to build a 100-mile railroad from the capital to the port of Limon. After seven years... The railroad is complete. No, Henry dies and Minor takes over the project and all of its finances. Which was Central American gold. It's actually coffee. Directly from the Costa Rican leader's coffee plantation. Coffee is the main export, and at the time there's no easy canal to trade from Central America to the rest of Europe and the east side of the U.S., So, railroad infrastructure is crucial. The problem is, the Costa Rican government runs out of money to pay for the railroad. And they proceeded to default on their loans. See, it turns out when you hire an American company to build on terrain that they're unfamiliar with, things don't go well, and the price for such a large infrastructure deal goes way up. (gasps) So, in order to make it worthwhile for money to continue the project, they exchanged the railroad for 800,000 acres. Tax-free, baby. And with a contract for 99 years, considering that the project takes 20 years, kills over a thousand people, and in the end doesn't do much for the coffee trade in Costa Rica, it's quite the lose-lose situation all around. (laughs) Just like capitalism loves. Mm. While this construction is ongoing, Miner needs to feed his workers. Wow, that's actually really nice of him. So along some of the land he acquires, he starts banana plantations in order to create a cheap source of food for his workers. 
Now, the original plan was to transport coffee and people. Turns out, neither coffee nor people wanted to ride this train that ran along some rough terrain. Minder quickly realizes, hey, this banana stuff, it's, uh, sure about this? Uh, pretty. It's pretty. Pretty. Pretty good. Pretty great. Pretty great. We grow a lot of it without even trying. Let's transport it by train and sell it abroad. And soon, this railroad company becomes the Tropical Trading and Transport Company. Could they have made that harder to say? Uh, they could have, but it involves slurs. Oh. Let's pause there and go to a place that we've been way too much this season. Hell? Kinda. New Jersey first. But then... Boston, Massachusetts. Mmm. <laughs> Go fuck yourself, Tom Brady. Around the time that the railroad construction in Costa Rica begins, Lorenzo Baker has made a trip to Jamaica, eaten a banana, and he's so impressed by it, he buys 150 bunches. Is that a lot? I feel like that's not actually a lot. Then, like anyone would, he goes to New Jersey. That's a lot of bananas. Sorry, I interrupted <laughs> you. That's a lot of fucking bananas. It doesn't seem For like a lot guy? of bananas. Okay, like... No, no, no. Not like bunches, like... Oh. Like, uh, and I should have clarified this. Like, I mean, like, fucking gigantic. Oh, the big tree, cascady, like, chandelier type banana. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that's more. The See, bunches. I was thinking, like, bunches, and I was like, that's really not that many for a food you that's like. That's still a lot of bananas. That's like a whole display at a grocery store. I have ADHD hyper, like, food fixations. 150 bananas, if they're my dopamine producing food, is not a lot of bananas at all. Okay, all right. They've never been, because bananas are disgusting. How but dare you? <laughs> they're disgusting. I mean, you're correct this time around, but how dare you? <laughs> and then, like anyone would, he goes to New Jersey and through a man named Andrew Preston. Like, like through his body? Focus, Angel. He begins to hawk the bananas at everyone in the Jersey Shore. Kid. Now, Andrew is a local produce broker in the tri-state area. But with this banana arrangement, they make a lot of money. After around 15 years, they realize they can make more money selling bananas than basically anything else. So they form the Boston Fruit Company. Happy Pride Month. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That, you know, it's funny. That's very progressive for Massachusetts. So. <laughs> In 1899, the Boston Fruit Company and the Miners Tropical Trading Transport Company decide that they should do a merge. At the time, Boston Fruit Company has a volume issue. They can't get enough fucking bananas. And they have to pay a middleman. Boo. Probably somebody of color, which is why they especially hate it. Tropical trading, which had expanded throughout Central America, absorbing all the smaller companies and plantations. Uh, you know, but, you know, the problem is the brokerage firm that kept all their money had failed. So with all this infrastructure and banana and money woes, the Boston Fruit Company and the Tropical Trading Transport Company <sighs> merged into a much simpler named United Fruit Company. So the first thing they do is they build, as one does, a fleet of cargo ships called, and I shit you not, this is the real name. You can't make this shit up, you guys. The Great White Fleet. Fuck you. <laughs> what makes it so great? Refrigeration. What makes it so white? White people own it. In reality, is the fact that they were painted white to reflect the sunlight and the heat, just like regular white people. <laughs> Boo. Okay. We're going to take a quick break from the origin of the United Fruit Company to talk about bananas and banana growing itself. For the first time in a while, and actual... Fun facts with Nash. Thank you, Dom, for restoring my position. The banana has its origin in Southwest Asia. Over a thousand types of bananas exist in the region. The ones that make to America is a monoculture known as the Gross Michael. The Gross Michel. The Gross Michael. Or as the Americans call it, 
Big Mike. Big Mike. CVS beggars. Unfortunately, all banana plantations are blasted with Panama disease. Oh, no. No, no, not that one. That is a serious issue. No, this is a blight, a fungus that ravages the banana plantations. Big Mike became dead Mike. How? As we mentioned before, there are thousands of types of bananas. The United Fruit Company decided on the one single type of banana, just the one, the gross micro one, in order to grow and form it into the ideal fruit that will last longest and handle refrigeration. Which at this point is a game changer to the banana game. Wait a second. So if Big Mike's not around, what is this monster that I'm meeting now? The Brits. Oh no. Yeah, it's the Brits' fault. Mm, isn't it always? Yes. A man in northern England who just <clears throat> loves bananas and horticulture starts experimenting with banana seeds. Really should have put the emphasis on experimenting instead of the other things, but it's fine. TLDR, he grows what's called the Cavendish banana, which is named after a Duke, William Cavendish. There's a there's a dick writing joke in here somewhere. Yes, it's British history. It's literally all a dick joke. And thus colonialism invades yet again. It helps that this banana looks very similar to the gross Michael banana. And Stop it was calling it that. That's what it is. And it was very, very strong against pesticides. And thus the bananas you're currently enjoying are not a delicious wild fruit that was found in the tropical lands of Asia or even Central America. Like everything else you eat, it was made by a rich British guy who grew them as a hobby and then became even more insanely rich by taking advantage of a terrible situation. No modern parallels at all. Rich bastards. Satan? Back at the Legion of Doom. A.K.A. the United Fruit Company. Slowly but surely, they begin to take over Central America with their banana trade. And by slowly but surely, we mean quickly and with deadly force. Oof. For example... They provide infrastructure like post, radio, railroads, homes, schools, and so on to countries in Central America. That's good. All of it with UFC branding. Ooh. All of it spouting propaganda about the joys of bananas and the United Fruit Company. Mmm. Yeah. It's not good. I pledge allegiance to the flag. Of the United Fruit Company. Uh, look, I know that UFC stands for the United Fruit Company, but in my mind, I like to pretend that it's the Ultimate Fighting Championships. This giant fruit oligarch is in fact Dana White. Live your dreams, buddy. Now at this point, UFC's reach is so far and deep oh my. that the company was known as El Pulpo. Oh! <laughs> uh, El Pulpo is Spanish for the pulpo. Spanish for octopus. Right, whatever. People who worked for the United Fruit Company didn't even get paid money. Do you hear about this? No monies. They're paid in the UFC equivalent of Disney dollars. What is the exchange rate of Disney dollars slash UFC Disney dollars to Stanley Nichols? <laughs> nice. They work insane hours. They're exposed to pesticides and they don't even get money. They get vouchers to go to the UFC store and buy UFC branded. Hang on. Let me check my notes here. Everything. Fascism is wild. Nope. Oh, well, okay. Then socialism. No. Again. Oh, uh, well, it's got to be communism, maybe? I don't know. Negative. Good, sir. This mm, is pure, unadulterated, uncut capitalism. Okay, then uh, why is the U.S. government here? Ah, yeah. <sighs> now we get to the proper death part of the show. Thanks, U.S. Thanks for coming. You can step slightly back. I'm still using this uterus. 
On November 12, 1928, workers in the banana plantations of Colombia go on strike for absolutely insane demands. These crazy sons of bitches. You know what they asked for? What? One, stop their practice of hiring through subcontractors. Two, mandatory collective insurance. Three, compensation for work accidents. Four, hygienic dormitories and six-day work weeks. Five, increase in daily pay for workers who earn less than 100 pesos per month. Six, a weekly wage. Seven, abolition of office stores. Eight, abolition of payment through coupons rather than money. And nine, improvement of hospital service. Wait, so basic human rights shit. Uh, hang on, let me double check here. Yep. I'm gonna open my Rolodex. Oh wait, I have a phone. <laughs> Because I'm a regular person. Uh, yes. In a regular and definitely not overreacting move, the UFC calls the U.S., who's recently strong-armed the building of the Panama Canal in order to continue American interest in trade. And they are like, hey, these guys out here, they're asking for a fair wage and to be treated like people. What are you, a piece of shit? The U.S. government was like, okay, well, that seems fine, actually. I mean, you should be treating them like people. I mean, what the hell are you on about? Then the UFC says the one word that makes the American government see red. Literally. Communism. And with that, the U.S. sends the Navy to back up the Colombian government. Together, they kill over 2,000 people, including workers and their families. The event is known as the Banana Massacre. 300 soldiers were sent from Antioquia to Magdalena. The troops set up their machine guns on the roofs of the low buildings at corners of the main square, closed off access to the streets, and after issuing a five-minute warning that people should leave, they opened fire into the dense Sunday crowd of workers and their families, which include children. The people had gathered right after Sunday Mass, waiting for word from the governor about the strike. The bodies of the victims are thrown either in a mass grave or straight into the ocean while the U.S. Navy watches from afar. Now, the U.S. is a little too excited about all these people dying, you know, because capitalism. Yay. And if you think I'm exaggerating, here's an official U.S. telegram to the Secretary of State. Dispatch, U.S. Pagoda Embassy, U.S. Secretary of State, dated December 1929. The year is 1928. Stated, I have the honor to report that the legal advisor for the United Fruit Company here in Bogota stated yesterday that the total number of strikers killed by the Colombian military authorities during the recent disturbance reached between five and six hundred while the number of soldiers killed was one. Dispatch from U.S. Bogota Embassy to the U.S. Secretary of State dated January 16, 1929, stated, I have the honor to report that the Bogota representative of the United Fruit Company told me yesterday that the total number of strikers killed by the Colombian military exceeded 1,000. After this, the UFC learns their lesson, and they leave Central America, and now the bananas you enjoy every single day for some reason have caused no issue whatsoever. And on that note, that's the episode. A special thanks to you, our favorite listener. Actually... What? <clears throat> sorry. What? Uh, it, it, it gets worse. It worse? See, the Banana Massacre of 1928 wasn't even the first one. What? And there was a couple after. What? Jeez! You, uh, did you hear about this? What? Banana Republic? The shitty high-end fashion store? Yes, but more importantly, the term that describes a government put in place by an imperial force to exploit a country for their singular natural resource. Actually, yes, I have, but I'm sure you're about to explain. Banana republics are all over Central America, and this very first one is in Honduras in 1911. See, after the solid 20 and 30 years of exploitation, the government did this crazy little thing. They listened to their people. What? Wow, wow, wee wow. Miguel R. Davila tells the banana companies, hey, um... No thanks. We're just going to take this land back. No big deal. Hey, have a, have a good one. 
you know, do your thing. And, you know, yeah, have a good one. So naturally, the banana companies are not having it. They get a private army. They overthrow Miguel. They reinstate Manuel Bonilla, the guy that Miguel had beaten in a fair election and lost because of his support of the banana companies. Banana companies, specifically the UFC in this case, were backed up a lot by the U.S. government. They had military power ready to go at a moment's notice for themselves. While the Great War and then later on World War II were happening. Moving on past the 1928 Banana Massacre, it's the 1950s. Just moving, breezing right on past. And we're in Guatemala. Jacobo Arbenz, the Guatemalan leader that was democratically elected, goes, Hey, UFC, we noticed, just casually, you aren't using a lot of this land. So we're going to take what's like 5% of the land that you aren't even using for banana planting, and we're going to give it to poor people, you know, just so they can get their shit together. And quite frankly, they'll probably end up working for you too, but just cut them this quick break. Okay, cool. The UFC then proceeded to react very rationally. They created a fake newspaper publication saying that Arbenz was actually a communist and is going to create a new government in Guatemala. Then the UFC proceeds to send those same publications to U.S. Congress. It makes its way all the way to the president's office. And of course, with the Red Scare being all the rage, the president proceeds to get the CIA involved. And the CIA does what the CIA does best. They find some rebels, give them money, training, and weapons, and since the banana company built all the goddamn infrastructure, they release all this anti-communist and anti-current government propaganda, block the ports with the U.S. Navy, invade with the help of American military power, and successfully perform the coup, and now the UFC can do whatever the fuck they want. Forever? Today, America loves bananas. It's a fact. So much so that bananas led directly to one of the first anti-littering laws in the U.S., in 1895, the president of the Board of Commissioners New York City Police Department, who was Teddy Roosevelt, wow. declared a law barring people from literally, specifically banana peels. Because people and horses kept slipping on them. I have a bonus fun fact just for you. By the late 1940s, with the help of the U.S. government, bananas quickly become not only very available, but also muy cheap. But the demand does not meet the amount of output that is coming out. So... The propaganda machine starts, and the Chiquita lady is introduced. Americans are subjected to 24-7, just joy mm. and benefits of banana, just all of the propaganda, all of it. Chiquita Brands gives money directly to the U.S. government to work with the health department to promote bananas, and as a healthy means of both potassium and protein. This amazing fruit is both healthy and makes the best dessert. <laughs> no. Okay, all right. By the way, the Chiquita Brands, that's the new name for a company that recently had a little international incident and a whole lot of bad PR. That company was, hang on, let me check my notes here, the United Fruit Company. I know. In their defense, bananas do make the best pie. No, 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 no. Yes, no. yes it does. Uh-huh. No. Oh, what are you, a cherry pie person? Get the fuck out of here. No, it's apple or it's nothing. Wow. Apple. Or nothing. I disrespectfully disagree. Disgusting. I will quit this podcast. No balls. No, you won't. <laughs> okay. Okay. Fuck you and your banana cream pie. Get on my face. You're, whatever, you doo-doo head cootie queen. Who are you calling cootie queen, you filthy lint licker? Okay. Basically, the U.S. government and bananas, kissing cousins, capitalism lovers, Romeo and Juliet. Except, well, they, they like each other, and their families like each other, so. Oh. 
It's more Game of Thrones in a gross way. Mmm, Cersei. <laughs> Her brother. <laughs> <laughs> to the point that the U.S. government had to ignore the fact that they dealt with terrorist groups up until the mid-2000s. Excuse me, what? Right. <clears throat> so we're back in Colombia. Remember the banana massacre from like 10 minutes ago? Turns out, not a one-time thing. If anything, it was proof of concept for the UFC. See, Fuerzas Armadas Revolucionarias de Colombia, a.k.a. the Revolutionary Armed Forces of Colombia, a.k.a. the FARC, are known as a... Re- FARC. ...is known as a revolutionary group in Colombia that is formed in response to the massacre. Unfortunately, the way they decide to fund their operations is through kidnapping and the drug trade, undermining rich landowning, banana-loving people of Colombia. So... They just love regularly fucking with the government. So, you know, I'm not that mad at them, but also... Not mad at Yeah. Love to see it, kind of. Uh, mixed feelings. No, you know what? Pro. Pro. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, then the AUC is formed. The exact opposite of the FARC. Move. The AUC is also known as the United Self-Defense Forces of Colombia, the Autodefensas Unidas de Colombia. And, like I said before, they're the exact opposite of the FARC. This paramilitary group of douchebags get their money directly from the banana companies. They also get weapons and training. Okay, that sounds like a fucking... a lot. Well, the FARC has always been considered a terrorist group by the U.S., being anti-capitalist, drugs, and such. Oh, that describes me now, but go on. Hell yeah. Well, the AUC kind of does what a lot of CIA-trained military groups do. Wait, the CIA trained them too? Nash, the CIA trains everyone. Keep up here. I have nipples, CIA. Will you train me? Okay. The AUC kind of says, hey, we should run the government, too. And it got so bad with their violent outbursts. Describe how violent. Well, it's been reported that even if you just say the word FARC, uh, you'd be shot. Jesus Christ. Yeah, see, the thing is, the AUC controls everything. Do you want to conduct business? Go through the AUC. You want to hold land? The AUC. You want to take a shit? The AUC. They essentially run a protection racket in Colombia, using a scorched earth policy to traumatize the citizens into essentially giving them control, which in turn gives the banana companies control. Okay. How do we know Chiquita was in on it? Fair enough. A former member of the board of Shakita Brands went to the U.S. government and told them that since 1997, Shakita was paying them over $1.7 million, to be exact. See, the leader of the AUC at the time, Carlos Castaño, had meetings with higher-ups at Shakita saying, we can get the gorillas out of the banana plantations for you. That's the thing we can do. Give us the monies. And of course, $1.7 million is the official number over... A good amount of time, but it is believed, and it's also been reported by many members of the AUC themselves, that it is way more than that. Um, and now for something completely different. Before we end the episode on a super rad sesh of medical facts, we didn't really get into how exactly bananas are grown, but more importantly, we didn't talk about the environment that workers have to face. So here we go. Aside from the backbreaking work it is to work on a plantation with very little worker protection provided, accidents are frequent. The risk of disease, infection, cuts, and being forced to work while sick due to the fact that there are little to no opportunities to get work elsewhere make working for a banana plantation a death sentence. Literally. And it's actually been reported that if you die on the field, you get buried right where you're laying, and then you become fertilizer. Yep. 18-hour days hurt or sick and on top of that you're exposed to pesticides see we figured we'd mention one more country that is dealing with el pulpo's current bs in real time actually so we're going to talk about ecuador for just a quick second 
See, it is currently the largest and most profitable plantation area for the UFC. <clears throat> Sorry, did I say UFC? <laughs> I meant Chiquita. There are almost an infinite number of pesticides and combos of said pesticides that are used in Central America that are banned in both the U.S., Europe, and you know what? Actually, let me double check real quick. Oh, yeah, literally everywhere else. Jesus Christ. How bad are they? Well... Black death, polio, spontaneous combustion. Dying comes and after death comes decomposition. It may seem sad and also gross, but here you are and here's your host. Not an actual doctor, but it's medical, medical, medical facts with Dr. A. It is often described as poison from the sky as it is flown across plantations. On average, the number of applications of pesticide from crop dusters has risen from 22 to 45 per year per plantation over houses, playgrounds, schools, you name it. The risk of developing cancer is 5.0 times higher in banana producing areas. Like I'm going to list just a few side effects, just a little bit of handling these chemicals. Then I'm going to give it a beat and then maybe just maybe you can grasp that this is every fucking day in these countries. From the moment you step on a plantation, you're in a cancer bubble, birth defects, sterilization, loss of pigmentation in your skin until it goes completely white, blindness, blurry vision, thyroid cancer, kidney disease, dermatitis, central nervous system damage, neurotoxic effects, birth defects such as autism spectrum disorder, ADHD, as well as Jesus, MS? Just to, just to name a few of them. Jesus Christ. Look, as someone with privilege, I recognize fully that bananas are a cheap and effective way to get some fruits and like potassium in your daily diet. That being said, if you can get an organic, non-death-related banana, please do. Or don't eat bananas at all because they are disgusting. And for one, Snash, I'm going to agree with you. Remember earlier when I said... If you're one of these people that hate bananas because you think they're gross. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, I am. Kudos. And on that note, that's the episode. A special thanks to you, our favorite listener. Remember to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. A rate and review would also be nice. Uh, actually, it's mandatory at this point. Yeah. Uh, please do it. Do it now. Why aren't you doing it? Do it. We're waiting for you to do it. This episode is literally not going to end until you do it. <laughs> you can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Gorilla Jokes. And I'm at It's Nashlin. And of course, follow the podcast at Death and Friends Podcast. Want to become an official member of the Skeleton Army? Yeah. Join us on Patreon. We use it to cover our sound guy's medical bills. In order to properly write medical facts, we expose Dom to all the illnesses and ways to die we talk about on the show. Okay. You want to know something funny? Yeah. We just put him in a room full of banana peels. <laughs> the point of having a room full of bananas what is the practicality in that whoa oh my god it smells awful in there <laughs> it's hurting his tushy uh speaking of patreon let's thank our listeners at the brennan fraser shout out to y'all vincent i hope you do not like bananas vincent or do either way <laughs> oh, hang on sorry vincent apparently nash is allergic to being nice <laughs> that's correct it's a terrible affliction so check it out at patreon.com slash deathandfriends. We've got a website now. It's deathandfriends.com. 
org. That's .org because we are committed to making the internet worse. Yes. Now, this episode was a dark one. We even talked about some modern, not-so-fun things. And we get it. It can be heavy for some folks. And death overall is tricky to talk about. So please, we need you to remember something. Do you hear about this? No. Yeah. Yes. You are loved. You matter. And if you don't want to be your own friend, we will happily be your friend. I actually make a really good apple pie. The only pie that exists. And you can come over and have some. As much as I hate to say it, it's pretty good pie. Yeah. Until next time, Skeleton Army. Stay spooky. Love you. Love you. That wasn't a euphemism, by the way. We're being very serious. It's really pie. <laughs> oh, no. This has been a Knavery Inc. podcast. Go to knaveryinc.com for more details. Executive produced by Jacob Duffy Halbleib. Audio designed by Dominic Guanzon. Themes and transitions by Amy Doe. The fuck is a knave? Remember this is a comedy podcast? Don't use it in your research papers. Oh, oh. <laughs> okay, have you, ever heard, have you ever heard The Grape Lady? Do you know no, that reference? I do not, but go for it. Okay, so in the like late 90s, early aughts, there was a woman who was a newscaster and she was like doing some kind of like, like harrowing on the scenes <laughs> journalism about like making wine. And she's like standing on like a, like a porch thing with this other lady and they're stomping grapes and she slips and falls. <laughs> Wait, is this like an old viral thing? I know this fucking thing. I she, can see she gets the- like... <laughs> 240p video in my head <laughs> she gets like the wind knocked out of her so she can't make like an actual noise so all here is <laughs> and i feel like no one's gonna get the reference if i do, do it. it here but i want to do, do it, it. So do it do it do it do it do it do it, do it. <laughs> no wait that's not different <laughs> oh no that doesn't no 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 this is an the episode is, about bananas the show is horny enough <laughs> <laughs> we started off good <laughs> we did i'm sorry now death Unfortunately, uh, what? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, focus up, buddy. It's not gonna happen. Unfortunately, all banana plantations are blasted with (laughs) (laughs) I didn't write this. I wrote this. They're blasted with it. I almost made it through. The last syllable of blasted was my undoing. All right, hang on. Let me redo my mic real quick. All right, go ahead. Unfortunately, all blanana. Bl- <laughs> all all blananas. Don't react. All all blanana plantations. Death. All the while, the Great War and later World War Two were happening. You always say World War Two. World. <sighs> Fuck you. I'm sorry. You were doing great, but I also loved that the sentence is while the Great War and later World War Two were happening. Death. Uh, how disappointed they'll find out when it's my pie. Okay, so... (laughs)